Peace, peace, peace. I am Dr. Philip Roundtree, and you are tuned into the August 8th edition of Rhetorically Speaking. Props to those of you who are watching on YouTube. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, whatever corner it is located. Also, share, comment, like, do everything that the algorithm likes. Your boy will definitely appreciate it. Also, props to those of you who are watching on whatever streaming service you are paying $14.99 or more a month for. Definitely appreciate you. Again, hit the subscribe button, hit the share, like, comment. I definitely appreciate the comments because I I love going back and forth with the people or or things that I converse about here. So listen, we got a dope show on tap for you today. We are going to be talking about the Montgomery Riverfront Brawl that took place in Montgomery, Alabama. I was close to the brawl, and you'll learn about that in in a few minutes. I wish I would have known the APB would have came out because I would have been on my way from Birmingham to Montgomery. I don't necessarily know if I would have participated, but I would have definitely like supplied a, a another chair. Allegedly, allegedly, I, I would have allegedly supplied another chair for folk to get it to get it popping over there. We will also be talking about Jamie Foxx's apology to the Jewish community and whether it was necessary, whether it was appropriate for him to apologize. And last but not least, we'll be talking about YouTube and Twitch celebrity Kai Sanat being booked in New York City for, quote unquote, inciting a riot. But first, I'm going to talk about my experience in, in, in Alabama. I went down to Alabama for the 2023 National Association of Black Journalists Convention which is a a multi-day conference for aspiring journalists, journalist education, career development, networking, and just overall innovation. I know a lot of people, folk who I've went with, they went to the career fair there and they were offered a job right there on the spot. I know you might be thinking, well, Phil, are you you a journalist? What was you you doing out there? I thought you was in the the social work world. So I consider myself a a non-traditional journalist journalist and I had to get this right when I was down there because you meet so many people like hey who are you who are you with that was the the leading question there as soon as somebody introduced themselves to you it's like hey who are you with and I'll be like well I'm with myself I'm not with Fox I'm not with TMZ I'm not with CBS ABC like and literally all of these places were there uh, offering career opportunities to those in attendance. So I'll be like, listen, I'm a, I'm a non-traditional journalist. I'm a multidisciplinary educator. I'm a professor. I'm a therapist. I'm a podcast host. I'm, I'm writing a book. I'm writing, a, uh, creating a documentary. So I just hit them with all of that. You see how easy it is for me to, to get that out right now? Because I had to sit and hone that in my hotel room in Birmingham, Alabama, in in preparation for that event so i was down there it was it was a dope experience for me i'm not gonna lie i felt a little bit out of place because i'm not a traditional journalist i'm i'm not i don't have a background in that area i don't have quote-unquote formal training so for me to to be down there it was definitely informative it was definitely informative but i'm not gonna lie it was it was it was intimidating as well i started seeing folk who whose work that I followed for some of them a, a decade or more there. And I'm like, damn, I feel dope to be in your presence. We're talking about uh, Roland Martin. We're talking about William C. Roten, who I was able to get a picture with, whose book, $40 Million Slave, which not only compares modern day sports to enslavement in the plantation, 
but it also goes in in depth about reasons why the HBC, why HBCU sports are the way it is in 2023 compared to to the 1950s, the 1960s, and, and early 70s. It informed me about how the the how college football became integrated, how teams like Alabama became integrated. Why? Because USC came down into Alabama and took a black player. It, because Alabama wasn't wasn't putting Bear Bryant in them, wasn't putting black folk on the squad. So they came post the player out of Alabama and Bear Bryant was like, oh, we got to get these Negroes. <laughs> we got we to gotta get these. If, if that's what they doing, we need to be able to, to, to stay uh, afloat. We need to stay relevant. So they started poaching a black talent that would typically go to HBCUs and flourish and make it to the, to the NFL or, or what was it at the time? Was it the AFL during that time as well to go to these different places? Instead, they started going to these big institutions, which impacts why HBCU sports are the way it is today. But overall, it was just, it was a, it was an amazing experience. I, I left encouraged, inspired that, yes, I'm a non-traditional journalist, but I, but I can do this. Why? Because I, I read, because I, I think critically, because I'm not afraid to to use my voice in in spaces and connect with people. I do have an ability just to engage with folks. Those of you who are tuned in, the reason why you're tuned in, because you this this work that I do resonates with you. And I'm always appreciative for those of you who who tune in, especially those of you who subscribe. So wink, wink. But also, I'm trying to think of any other people that I met when I was out there. Vinny Goodwill, who I met a lot of sports people, which I, even though I don't necessarily watch as much sports as I used to, the people that were there that that really I whose work I gravitated to just happened to be sports individuals. So, like I said, William C. Roden, who worked for ESPN at one time. Now he's doing his own thing. Vinny Goodwill, who works for I believe he works for Yahoo, Yahoo Sports. I learned about him through the Bomani Jones podcast. Those of you who know me know, I'm not going to say I have an infatuation with with Bomani Jones, but I, I love, I love his brain. I love his mind. I love his ability to communicate complex ideas in, in ways that are easily understood and gives me an opportunity to just sit and think. And we know the current conversation when it comes to, to sports talk in 2023 is not that we got the skip baylesses who just hired richard sermon so so it's going to be more yelling we know about the stephen a smiths and so on and so on how the sports just sports talk in general has been dumbed down as i said earlier roland martin his black star network which is encouraging me to look at media and platforms and how we can have spaces that really promote this idea of black liberation. We have black power media, but we need more. It's not enough for black folk to go into white spaces. Like, yeah, that's that's cool if representation is the goal, which for me is not. For me, it's liberation. So we need spaces that where we're able to, to hone our voices, hone our talents and, and speak to us in a way that we understand. And once we get into that Jamie Foxx conversation, you'll further understand why, again, why that is, is so critical. But I just encourage folks to, to start getting to these places. And you don't even necessarily have to be a journalist. You don't have to be a social worker to the, go to the National Association of Black Social Work Conferences. If you just want to go and be around black folk who love black folk, I encourage you. 
I encourage you to to go and try to get a grant if you can get somebody to to underwrite it for you so you ain't got to come out of pocket as much because why those lift prices baby them lift prices is nuts I just let you know I I spent about $75 in one day going from the airport going to the airport and coming from the airport like listen I ain't got the I ain't got the Roland Martin bread you know I ain't got personal limo service or nothing like that but definitely something you should all check out now as I said I was in I was in Birmingham, Alabama. So I was nine miles, approximately nine miles away from Hoover, Alabama, where the whole Carly, Carly Russell fiasco took place. I didn't see Carly. Hopefully she's doing well. She's doing all right. I'm not sure how far Montgomery is from Birmingham, but I just thought it was just like, what's the odds? (laughs) What's the odds of me being in Alabama and some, some racially motivated SHIT pops off and sure enough on this past saturday night which was what august august 5th at the montgomery riverfront there was a brawl a black man who was just doing his job a city worker asking white folk to move their boat so another boat can come in a bigger boat can come in so it can dock and people could go on their way he asked them to move and what we've come to know with white supremacy, whiteness, when you mix alcohol, even though, it, you know, they say what they say, alcohol, a, a, a drunk mind speaks a sober heart or, or something like that. Instead of complying, because we because, you know, that's the type of language that we use when we talk about black folk and the police. Right. Why didn't you just comply? Why didn't you just comply? So instead of just complying and following the rules, they decided to to physically assault this this gentleman who, again, was simply doing his job. But lo and behold, I was the video that I was watching. I heard the sister, a sister say somebody helped that brother. And that was kind of like like the meteor man call because we're not going to use Batman or nothing like that. We know our original superhero <laughs> for, for black folk of a certain age was Meteor Man. I ain't know about Black Panther. I didn't know about Green Lantern being black. I ain't know about none of that. But I knew about Robert Townsend. I knew about Meteor Man. I knew about Luther Vandross, Luther being a bad guy. <laughs> I knew about another bad creation getting a dance on in the film Meteor Man. It's funny, I saw Robert Townsend post that this is the the 30 year anniversary of Meteor Man. And if you haven't watched it, I'm not going to say your your black card is going to get revoked. But I do think it's it's worth your while to watch it. You get to see Robert Robert Goulier, something like that. Robert Guillaume. Yeah, 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 Robert Guillaume. You get to see... Um, oh man, now they name starting to to escape me. You just get to see a, a whole lot of uh, black celebrities. You get to see Tiny Lister, Zeus, Debo. If you if you're not familiar with his with his real name, Tiny Lister, but it's an amazing film. But it seemed like Meteor Man was called, and next thing you know, you just saw black brothers and sisters pulling up, ready for the get down. 
and what what it, what took place after that y'all saw the video and i'm gonna say allegedly because i'm not using my platform to promote black folk getting arrested i don't know I, my eyes might be have been deceiving me as i watched that <laughs> you know what i mean when i saw the, the white ball crocs up his up his kneecaps when i saw somebody allegedly get hit with a chair went wild like new jack and ecw just took the chair and started going going wild like Devon Dudley. Allegedly. Because, again, I think my eyes, because I do have some, you know, little cataracts or something like that, where I don't necessarily know if I saw any black folk do anything, quote, unquote, illegal <laughs> during, that, during that time. But if I did, what I saw was unity. What I saw was self-defense. And people be like, well, Phil, how is this self-defense if it's the, the individual who, who was getting beat if it wasn't him defending himself, but if it was other coming to his rescue? Exactly. Self-defense of community. That's a very real thing. And so it's not necessarily, I, I wouldn't categorize it as violence. Because language is important. I look at that as self-defense. By any means necessary. And clearly... It was important and necessary for these folk to intervene because these white folk were not letting up. So I, I saw unity there. I saw a 16 year old brother allegedly in the water swimming over. They called him Aquaman. <laughs> right. Allegedly, again, I'm gonna keep throwing this allegedly out there because I don't again, my eyes was deceiving me. But I saw black folk come together for a common cause, which was this, to, to save this black man. It's not lost upon me. We're talking about the the what, what, what year anniversary is it is it the 60th year anniversary of. Uh, I'm not going to give out false information, but I definitely know it was the anniversary because that was one of the reasons why they had the NABG, NABJ down in Birmingham. Alabama but it's just the irony that this is taking place in this in in Montgomery Alabama places where Martin and so many of uh, uh, you know folk of freedom so many black folk endured similar types of situations in the name of freedom, in the name of liberation. So for me, part of it, in, in allegedly watching, because now I don't even know if I watched it or not, in watching this, 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 this take place, there was like a sense of unbridled joy. Part of it was due to the, to the unity that I saw, black folk coming to help one another, especially when the narrative is, is, continues that we're so fragmented. Now, yeah, would you like to see it in other spaces as well? For sure. But I'll take it here. If that means literally saving the life of a black man. Who was again doing what he was doing his job. But when, uh, also part of that, that joy that I was experiencing that I saw so many of you all experiencing. Was a result of just racial animus, this tension that's existed and it, exi it existed pre-45. This, this racial animus existed pre-45. 
for black folk, we've we've endured, we've seen, we've we uh we we've seen Sean Bell, Latasha Harlins. We've seen so many black folk assaulted on camera, George Floyd. We see black folk getting pulled over for no reason, getting followed in stores for no reason other than the color of their skin. And so, yeah, it was a sense of relief, a sense of we got one. We finally got one. This this is for for what we saw in Florida. With the African-American history curriculum. And all the nonsense that's resulted from that. It's just like, damn, we, 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 we can't necessarily get you there right now. But we got this. I talk about uh, on my socials about this was a battle and some folk may see, may look at it as we won. But did we win the war? What is the war? Is it a war against white supremacy? I think when we, when we stop centering white supremacy and stop centering whiteness and we start focusing on this idea of black liberation, then that's when we truly start winning the war. Video came out, <laughs> and forgive me for chuckling, of, of one of the individuals who, and I believe they were all from Selma. I don't have the name of the owner of Vassar's Mini Mart in Selma who was a participant. But what I saw was there was some, some white fragility, some victimization. The owner of the, of the Mini Mart in Selma said, oh, I was just trying to play peacemaker. But we got video that shows him throwing punches. We saw the video circulating of the white guy, and it may be the same person. With a swollen face, swollen everything. Oh, Molly, damn. It just got real. We saw the, the, the memes and the posts that resulted from it with, with this guy whose video was picked up by TMZ and all of these other places. I saw somebody say, I'm going to tell my kids that this is Kid Ray. <laughs> and I chuckle. You Again, you got to be a person of a certain age to know who Kid Ray is from Lean On Me. Like, Mr. Clark, they beating up Kid Ray in the hole. Or I'm going to tell my kids this is the Boston Tea Party. So for black folk, this idea of humor, of comedy, it was a way for us to exhale. Heck, I even learned something. I even learned something. I I saw one post and it said this is the inventor of the folding chair, Nathaniel Alexander. Now, although that was a bit incorrect because he wasn't the he wasn't the 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 creator of the folding chair, what he did was. He patented the folding chair with the book rest behind it. And this took place in 1911. So if you're in church, if you're in choir, all you do is, is, is lift it up and you can put the, the book on the back of the chair. But this is important information. I never knew this brother existed. That's why we say Black 365. And yeah, it might it might seem like, oh, it's humorous, but no, that's pivotal information. I'm never going to forget this. And it comes out of the midst of what calamity. 
of racism. But again, I, I sit and I think about what happens when the smoke clears. What happens when the memes and the, and the jokes stop? We can't forget that this is where Montgomery, Alabama. Where they've banned abortion rights. Where they've attempted to redistrict. To disenfranchise black voters. This is the state where Brian Stevenson. And if you're not familiar with, with Brian Stevenson, he's an attorney. If you may have watched the, the film Just Mercy, where Michael B. Jordan plays him and Jamie Foxx is in it. Again, we'll talk about Jamie Foxx in a little bit. Where his, his advocacy work through his, his equal justice initiative freed more than 100 inmates who had unjust convictions. These black folk who were arrested for these alleged acts, they going up against this system. And so, yeah, I get the memes, I get the jokes. I laughed. But then it becomes sobering. When you think about the individuals who, who the, the, the judges, the jurors. That these folk are going to have to come up against. Now, the mayor of Montgomery is a black man. But it's still Alabama. It's still the South. It's still racially segregated. So what's the odds that he's going to get a drawer of peers that look like him? If we're talking about the, the individual who allegedly swung the chair all willy nilly. What does it look like for them as business owners? Who were just out to have a good time, but found themselves in a predicament. Where they have to defend themselves. And the rights of others that look like them. In that case, I'm, I'm not necessarily encouraged. Call me a pessimist. I don't see a positive outcome coming from this. By them engaging with the historically racist legal system. Maybe Ben Crump will get involved. Maybe other other civil rights attorneys, uh, Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, even though he's retired, they'll come down and they'll do what? Stage marches in Montgomery some 60 years later. So wild concept when we sit and think about it. I just hope that these individuals find peace because their lives are, are undeniably changing as a result of the heroic actions that they took. Definitely trying times ahead. With that being said, trying times ahead, we know that Jamie Foxx, comedian, actor, singer, who suffered a, a, a stroke within the last several months, who had, continues to have a long road ahead when it comes to recovery, he now has some added issues that he's going to have to navigate. 
So over the weekend, the same time period where where this Montgomery brawl took place, Jamie Foxx apologized to the Jewish community after accusations that he posted an anti-Semitic post. Now, what was the post? They killed this dude named Jesus. What do you think they'll do to you? And this is important. Hashtag fake friends. Hashtag fake love. Now, for black folk. And I'll use I statements for me when I read that, because I I caught the backlash. I didn't see the initial post. I saw the backlash from from white folk like Jennifer Aniston. I saw the backlash from from folk who identify as Jewish. I saw the backlash from from black folk who said this is a this is a anti-Semitic. Because they said it's, it's common knowledge that folk attribute the death of Jesus to Jewish people. First time I've ever heard that. Why? Because I don't, nav- I don't, I don't travel in these spaces. I'm not a part of religious studies. I don't have a background in that. I don't have any friends that are, that are, that are Jewish as far as I know where we can have these conversations, where this might come up. But what I do know is within the black church, when you say they killed this dude named Jesus, we know who they is referencing. They is referencing this boy named Judas. We, we, We know exactly what it is. And to offer more context, when we see fake friends, that's exactly who he's talking about. And fake love. That's exactly who he's talking about. He's talking about Judas. And so that's where we're talking about these governance structure conversations. And governance structure is understanding amongst black folk in different areas. It's the reason why we could look at somebody and be in the same situation and just look. And we automatically know exactly what they're talking about. It's governance structure. And other cultures have that as well, I'm sure. I'm sure the Jewish community have something that they recognize that they don't even have to say words about, that they know what it is. And so for us, when we hear, when we hear about fake friends and killing Jesus, we automatically uh, uh, ascribe that to, to who? To Judas. And so he came out and, and apologized and clarified what many black folk knew all along. And when we talk about this idea of black protectionism, we saw it in the physical form when it came to protecting this brother who was being uh, uh, assaulted, where they were legitimately attempted to murder this black man, five, four to five white folk kicking and stomping and punching on a black man. So hopefully they come, they, they, again, I don't advocate for, for the justice system, but if they were charged with attempted murder, I would understand why. Black folk came to the rescue of Jamie Foxx. They came to protect Jamie Foxx and said, Hey, nuance matters. Cultural awareness and cultural understanding matters. And this highlights how, why, how and why there is no we in America. 
how we're fragmented. We now I use we just then to highlight the fragmentation that takes place in America. You have different sects. You got black folk, you got Jewish folk. Who have who have multiple identities, Jewish folk, you could be Jewish and then you still fall can fall under the the, the veil of, of white of whiteness. You can still lean in on that. Which this is definitely shown in a situation like this. But it highlights this this lack of understanding and why there will never be a we. Because even if, even if I was a Jewish individual and this came up, the issue is the accusatory nature that some folk took and ran with, like Jennifer Aniston, anti-Semitic, which we know in, in America specifically, because I don't know how they give it up in other places, we know that's a, a, a death nail. If you're accused of being anti-Semitic, whether you are or not, that can pretty much be the end of your career. And I'll get into that and why Jamie and how I think that influenced Jamie Foxx's apology. But instead of being accusatory, this could have been an opportunity to ask for additional information. Well, what do you mean by this family? Well, you know what? talking about how Judas betrayed Jesus which in his apology he highlighted talking about a friend of his who he recognized wasn't a real friend and potentially the Jewish this Jewish individual the Jewish community could have been like oh okay because you know what when we hear this this is what comes up for us which is how we've been attributed as being the murderers of Jesus. A teachable moment, a conversation that takes place between two groups. For what? For better understanding. But that's just not the space that 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 we operate from. Again, I'm, I'm using we just for because I don't feel like finding another word. There's not a space that we operate from. Here in America. And dare I say abroad. I sat and thought about as to whether Jamie Foxx should have apologized. Now, I understand why he apologized, because he's where he's in what he's in Hollywood. And I just said it could be a death sentence for your career. If you attempt to double down in any way. But I also thought this was room for for that apology. Some people call it a fake apology. Where it's, I'm sorry you took that that way, <laughs> right? Because that's not necessarily accountability. I don't think he needed to take accountability in this situation for anything. But this was an opportunity for, well, I'm, I'm sorry you misunderstood it. I apologize that you took it wrong. And then went on to say, because this is what I meant. I thought that would have been completely appropriate in this situation. But we know the power of that certain, certain communities have 
And and we don't gotta. And I know it's from folk my food. You're going to get canceled for this. Well, I don't believe in cancel culture. I'm going to be where I need to be. But I can't help and look with my own two eyes as to what happens when when certain communities are disrespected or there's belief that a certain community was disrespected in comparison to other communities. Because, hell, Bill Maher still got a job on HBO, correct? When he said the N-word in jest. So um, um, we recognize that the rules ain't the same. And it doesn't make you anti-Semitic for pointing that out. It's just highlighting certain truisms that exists under the auspices of white supremacy, patriarchy, capitalism. It's the game. It's the game. Now, speaking of games, <laughs> Kai Sinat. Truth be told, I had no idea who Kai Sinat was. Now, hopefully I'm saying his name right. Kai Sinat, Kai Sinat. You can spell it phonetically for me in the comments. He is a 20-year-old, 21-year-old Twitch and YouTube star. He's amassed over 10 million subscribers across platforms. Do not ask me what he does. I don't know if he's a gamer. I don't know if he just talks S-H-I-T across his platforms. I don't know. (laughs) But I know he's extremely influential. Dare I say powerful. And his power was seen in New York City in Times Square as he announced a giveaway of PlayStation 5s, gift cards, and other items to his fans who would come out. Now, it wasn't just 20 people who who came out. Remember, I said he has over 10 million subscribers probably worldwide. It wasn't 100. What LeBron say? Not one, not two, not three. Thousands of people came out for this event. Subsequently, the he was arrested and charged with inciting a riot as a result of, of this giveaway, his attempt to do good. Now, sure, part of it was probably for attention because we are we're in a, a attention-seeking era in in, in life. But in the midst of seeking attention, he tried to do something well, offer some joy, offer some some entertainment for individuals who supported him along his journey. He was arrested because they again, they said he he incited a riot. He caused traffic delays. There were some instances of of violence that took place. Now, subsequently, the only violence that I saw was the NYPD gripping people up it was akin to what i saw in videos from the george floyd protest just the physicality related to it now more than some 60 60 some odd people were arrested kai sanat being one of them for me it it read as persecution of another black boy I'll call him a black young adult. Someone attempting to do something 
good. But we recognize that we're in this this era of of law and order. We've always been (laughs) in an era of law and order here in America. When we go back to 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 those catchers who tried to who would who would try to wrangle up enslaved folks who sought freedom. This is just an extension of that. They said he didn't have he didn't have the proper permits. Think about it. Just just think about the what, what's where we are in society. This 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 struggle, this power struggle that continues to exist. Keeping folk in line again, this idea of law and order. And you better toe the line in my Jerry Jones voice. And so he got caught up in it. Now, now, don't get me wrong. Was it. Was it malicious, this act of his? No, I don't believe so. Was it irresponsible? Probably. This probably was irresponsible. If you recognize you have 10 million subscribers. You got to anticipate. You and your team have to anticipate that you're going to get more than 10 people that's going to come out, more than 100 people that's going to come out. I think that's what you're banking on. You're banking on having folk come out to show you love so then you could put it on your, your feed and so you could continue to grow your brand because that's what that's where we are in society. We have to grow our individual brands. Sometimes at the expense of, of the collective. I don't think this was at the expense of the collective though. Instead of the NYPD coming out and saying, okay, we have this situation taking place. How can we support him in this endeavor? Even though we didn't know about it. How can we support this to make this run orderly, run smoothly, have a conversation afterwards? Because that's not what this is. It's all about consequences. It's all about judgment. It's all about violence and harm. They have to justify these multiple billions of dollars that they're receiving. By keeping what? By keeping law and order. So no, I don't I don't think it warranted arrest. But what I did think about as I get ready to wrap up. I started thinking about how this 21 year old black boy and I started thinking about Tupac and at the end of Kendrick Lamar's Mortal Man. And he says you at, at the age of 30, it's like they take the heart and soul out of a black man. And I'm sure in 2023 will be black person. Our non-binary folk are black women. Because why? You have jobs. You have families. You have to lose. Hence the reason why Jamie Foxx apologized. You got ish to lose. But at 21, when you got energy, like Tupac said, when you still want to lift weights. I said and wonder. Why wouldn't a Jesse Jackson, the Al Sharpton. Hit up Akai Sanat, try to have a conversation with him, hopefully inform his and, and, and help hone his sensibilities when it comes to this idea of black liberation. Because if at the drop of a dime, you could have people come, thousands of people come out 
for PlayStation 5s and gift cards, what could you do on this quest for black liberation? What can you do for, for voting? What can you do in the movement, in the struggle? Because this is the next generation. Like I'm about to be 40. It's important for me to be looking at and, and encouraging the generation that's b beneath me and the, gener the, the generation that's beneath them. Equipping them with the skills. It's why I teach. It's to equip them with the, the, still, the skills to think critically. Because liberation probably not going to be seen in my lifetime. But with more folk like Kasanat, it could potentially be a reality. Or you know what? Maybe it's, maybe it's just a dream. Listen, I appreciate you all for, for tuning in. Again, if you're listening on, on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, like, share, comment, do all that jazz. If you're listening on a streaming service, do the same. Until next time, peace.